Welcome to the Extra Pass Podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins. Joined as always, back again, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you? Good to be back. I was doing stuff earlier today. This is my second job of the day, kind of. I've already doing double duty. I don't need to we don't need to talk about that. It's not a big deal, but yeah, I'm just I think it's hard a, today. I think it's a big deal teaching kids to stand tall yeah, through right, Melbourne stand United tall program. Yeah, sponsored. Maybe another sponsor. Uh doing good. Good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back because we got a very special guest here. Senior writer at The Athletic, host of the Game Theory podcast, Sam Vicini. Welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? I'm just glad to be here with Adam. I see the way Adam works with those kids on yeah. the court before Melbourne games. United games. Yeah. Finally, someone, finally, someone talks about it. Yeah. He's fantastic. <laughs> he does you. an unbelievable job with them. This is great. <laughs> all ben, 20 minutes. Yeah. All 20 minutes of it. Ben, you know, <laughs> he, if he works 20 minutes in a day, it's a big day. No, Boy, rough kidding. start to the podcast. <laughs> just kidding. He's here all the time. I was going to say, in, in your pregame rundown before the games, <laughs> have you ever seen – you do the drop it behind your back yeah, and then oh they've yeah. got to catch it. Yeah, have yeah. you ever seen any of your kids catch it? No, they can do it. They can do it. But a lot of them do bend their backs after the drop, and that's that's a no-no, but it's hard not to do that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like with those skills, if you're watching, can you see any any future <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from an eight-year-old? Like oh, that guy's got it. I feel like my scouting eye is not quite attuned <laughs> to eight-year-olds yet, but uh, I, I love I love the uh, I love the way you go about it. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah, 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 thanks. The kids seem to enjoy it. It's that's the most important that's, part. That is yes. Well, you touch on your scouting eye. You know that's that's why you're here. You, you're in Australia. You know you you work for the athletic and you write about the NBA and, and with a particular focus on the NBA draft. Can you, you talk about what that's been like coming to Australia and still keeping such a close eye and, and following the NBA um, from a draft perspective? Yeah. So I love it here first and foremost. Like I have no real plans on like moving back or anything. Um, it, it's made my life. It's different. Obviously I have to find different times to call people. I have to find different ways to connect with people. Right. But I think it also has kind of helped my work-life balance. I'm somebody that like can just dive into work and just like completely and utterly jump in and work, you know, many, 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 many hours a day, far beyond what I should. Because NBA games happen at, you know, 10 a.m. here, mm. 11 a.m. here, 1 p.m. here in the late games, right? It's a little bit better for my work-life balance in general. I can find time to go out to dinner with my wife. I can find time to, you know, go to a movie, things like that. So I really enjoy it. I think it's, uh, it's a fantastic just way to kind of live here. I, I love everything about Australia so far and I've lived here for, you know, three years or whatever. Yeah. I remember when I was, you know, when I was sort of coming through high school and first getting into uni and realizing what I wanted to do a dream job for me was like, I always was so just enamored with the draft and, and just sort of the NBA process. What made you want to get into this industry? And, and I guess, how did you find your way into it? Yeah, it's a great, great question. Thank uh, you. So, you know, mentioned to Adam, I went to Ohio state and you know, I, I was, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I kind of took a bunch of classes, bunch of classes, bunch of classes to the point where I was going to graduate in three years because I took too many classes. And then by the time I decided to be a communications major, it was like, all right, like you only have certain amount left. So mm -hmm. I went and did a fourth year at Ohio state and got a double major where my second major was film studies. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, did that for a year, took all the classes for a year for film, literally took a year only doing film classes and kind of decided I'm not like mature enough to go out into the real world and have a job yet. Like I need to, you know, probably need a settle down period. 
So I went to Carnegie Mellon and got my master's degree. And my second year was out in LA. And I was kind of, I don't want to say bored at Carnegie Mellon, but like finding different things to do. I was trying to find different things to do, I guess. So I started writing about basketball and really dove into scouting. And kind of when I dive into something, I really try and learn it and wrap my head around it and like understand everything within it. So I just got really connected to the game in that way and started scouting and started doing draft stuff. And I've always been really interested in the idea of the draft, right? Like I was talking to a, talking to a very, very high profile college coach. Let's call him. I don't think I want to say the name, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think he comes off fine, but regardless, I was talking to a very high profile college coach. And he was like, why do you do this job? <laughs> like, what, what do you get out of this? Like, it's just a stock market game, right? Like you realize that, right? Uh, and I was like, yes, I get what you're saying, but a, I don't think there are many responsible actors within the space of doing this. And B, I think that I kind of enjoy, I don't say like, I don't enjoy the stock market piece of it, but I enjoy the projection piece of it a little bit. I enjoy trying to figure out who's going to be good. Who's not going to be good. I enjoy that like scouting piece of it in a real way. So I, you know, kind of fell in love with it and got a, you know, got met noted, noticed by CBS sports and went there for a while. And then, you know, when the athletics started, I think I was employee somewhere in the forties. I know that, and you know, they've had, probably pretty close to a thousand people mm -hmm. come through there now. So I jumped on early. I've always had kind of like an entrepreneurial mindset. Like my master's is basically an entertainment industry, like MBA kind mm -hmm. of thing. So, you know, worked at stars and Nielsen doing TV ratings for like a year, honestly. And I uh, kind of decided it was more, I wanted to go down like the scouting and basketball side and got hired. It was really good. You, you could have turned that question around on the coach and said, why, why are you, why do you do your job? College coaches are crazy. And I mean, the amount of work they put in and the, the time that they're there. I mean, I guess if you're winning, you get a lot of recognition, but I going through college, I mean, coach Izzo is our coach. Yeah. The great man, coach Izzo, heck of a coach, but, and his, his assistants. And the only thing I thought was, man, I would never, ever want to be a college <laughs> yeah. coach. I mean, you're just miserable. Unless you've just won a game, the rest <laughs> of it is misery and grinding and watching tape and sitting in the offices. They never go home. Um, but I can imagine, I mean, well, I think what you do, I mean, you get to work from home. It's pretty malleable. Can you think of any examples like across, across your career as you've been scouting for the draft or, or yeah. having a close look at the draft of someone who – perhaps you were high on and thought oh, if they go to a good system or if they go somewhere where, you know, they're developed prop properly, you know, they can be, you know, they don't need to be an MVP candidate, but they can just become a, a really serviceable or a really solid NBA player. Yeah. I'll kind of give you like a, even like a opposite sort of example, but you'll mm. see where I'm going momentarily. So like a guy that I didn't really get last year was Brandon Pajemski, who currently plays for the Warriors rookie. You know, I'd have him first team all rookie right now. Right. Like I think he's been fantastic. I think that if you would put him in a slightly different scheme where you know, the Warriors, they run all of these intricate sets, they're playing highly motion-based offense, and they're you know running guys off of all sorts of movement, getting him on the move, getting him in dribble handoffs, getting him in all sorts of off-ball, off-screen actions, right? I think if you put him in more of like a, you know, spread ball screen, you know, we're just going to have him space the court in the corner, we're mm. going to have maybe him run some point, I don't think he'd be as effective in that scheme. 
But in the Warriors scheme, as soon as he got drafted, like I had him like in the 40s last year. But as soon as he got drafted by the Warriors, I was like, oh shit, like if I was the Warriors, I would have had him, you know, 14th, 15th mm. on my board. It's just board. like a, it's a perfect fit for the scheme as much as anything. And like, that's the silly part of kind of what I do a little bit, right? Like trying to put everybody into a amorphous, vacuous box in some way where, you know, somebody like Brandon Pajemski, if I was making a Golden State Warriors specific big board, mm -hmm. I would have had him, you know, like I said, like top 20 at the very least, but in a different scheme and not everybody runs that scheme. It's actually not a very common scheme at the end of the day. Mm. I think that I just like, didn't have him as high. Like I didn't, I didn't think it would work as many places, I guess. Yeah, you know what you're talking about? I just listened to Bill Simmons say that same thing on a podcast yesterday. <laughs> really? Well, he said, uh, you know, a lot of younger guys struggle when they go straight into golden state, but Pajemski yeah. seems to fit in there perfectly. And I think you make the point of like, you know, him specifically fits there. A lot of other young yeah. guys going in there. It's, it's tough for them to fit into that program, but yeah, he's been, he's been a, you know, a bright spot for sure. Well, the, the funny thing is like, so on, I did this on my podcast today is why Pajemski came to mind. So like I do a big crazy draft guide every year. It's like a literal book basically. And like, I, I'm not like too precious to talk about this. Like mm -hmm. I absolutely was wrong on Brandon Pajemski across the board. Right. Um, so I literally like pulled up the draft guide, like from last year. And I was just like, live stream. I'm just like, yeah, I got that wrong. Got that wrong. Mm -hmm. Didn't notice this enough. Didn't talk about the feel part of his game enough. Like the way that his just like processing ability of basketball is so elite. Like, Oh, miss this, miss that. It's just like, you know, everybody misses like NBA teams. They have to get three picks right per oh, year. Yeah. They have to get one pick right realistically mm -hmm. per year. And they can miss on two guys per year. I have to rank a hundred guys per year. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to miss, yeah. <laughs> but you never know. Like that's the same getting, imports to come over here in 100%. the NBO, it, you do a lot of research, not as much as the NBA team would do. It, you never, you can know everything about them and you never yeah. know until they get off the plane, show up on a court and start playing. You just can't. And that's the beauty of sport. I think the beauty of, um, you know, seeing people play and, and that you've got to see them with your eyes, but like the NFL is another thing. It's like, even those guys, the amount of research they do to get a quarterback. Oh yeah. I mean, that goes into is, is like insane. They know everything. They give them, like IQ test, everything you could possibly yeah. think of. They still mess up. They still mess up like 50% of the time, maybe even more. These guys get into a couple of games and immediately they're off and they're like, oh, this is a mistake. Well, we, we talk about the process that you have gone through to try to put together your list. You've just had a new mock draft come out and yeah. you've got our man, Ariel, going late in the second round. Can you tell us a bit about what you've seen from Ariel across his journey and I guess specifically this year as he's come back from the Achilles and, and really shined in a lot of moments? Yeah, so... Ariel's really funny. You know, he went to the, you know, he's been around scouting circles forever. Like I probably heard about Ariel four or five years ago at this point, you know, he went to the NBA draft combine before he ever got to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't love him when he was younger. I thought he was like a little bit below the rim, you know, a little bit heavy. I thought that he didn't move his feet super well. I thought he was like kind of a back to the basket ish, like mm -hmm. big kind of weirdly in Lithuania. And I, I just didn't get how it would work in the NBA. Like I was really curious on how you know, the game's going away from guys like this, right? He gets here, you know, the first year pretty good. Like he's, you know, figures it out by the end of the year, realistically figures out how to make an impact, figures out how to be who he can be. And I hear all of this incredible hype coming into mm. his season last year where everyone's really excited about him. He looks great. He looks like he's a totally different dude physically right now. And then he tears the Achilles. Right. And 
the thing I've been most impressed with this year that I think is translatable to any level is just work ethic and resilience on like a real level with Ariel. That dude deserves an immense amount of credit for coming in, being willing to put in the work to the point where like, I heard like about the Hoop City runs last summer against like the boomers mm. and heard like he looked amazing in those. Mm. And that would be what, eight months out of a torn Achilles, mm. mm-hmm. something like that. So for him to bounce back in the way that he did, that is just the biggest, most important like tick that I think you can make for somebody. In terms of the game, look, it's a simple game. Like he has real NBA size. He has real NBA length. He has pretty real NBA athleticism, I would say. Like he's not going to be like elite of the elite NBA athlete, but he'll be like a good athlete in the NBA. Mm. Runs the court, plays incredibly hard, plays like more of a drop coverage big style, which a lot of teams will be very comfortable with in the NBA. And I think he's got a real shot. Like I know that he... You know, the production is what it is for his age or whatever. You know, probably average, you could tell me better, like nine points, seven yeah. rebounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he blocks shots. He's a physical defensive force on the interior. He's willing to throw his weight around. He's physical and he plays hard. You can get away with a lot as long as you have that and you have real NBA size and you have real NBA athleticism. Do so you, yeah. I, I like him as like I like him as a second rounder. Like I think he should be drafted. Do you think it helps guys like Ariel where they come in and, you know, Ariel, he had spurts this year where Joe was coming back from injury and he would start games, but where he's played a really specific role on a team with a lot of perimeter talent and he, you know, he is given a pretty specific sort of lane of things to yeah. do. Do you think that, how much do you think that helps guys as they go into an NBA system where they're probably going to be told, especially if you're someone like Ariel, run the floor, protect the rim, get up for lob dunks and crash boards in his case where the role in the NBA is going to be just so simplistic in Mm. a lot of ways, it's going to be run the court, play drop coverage and defense. If you got get caught on an Island, we need to stick with him for two slides until somebody recovers. Right. Uh, You know, offensively you're going to screen and roll and you're going to rim run. Uh, Eventually maybe you could expand into some short roll passing, something like that. But the role is simple here. And I think that exactly your point, Ben, it's going to be really, really helpful for him to have experienced this on the pro level, not just on the pro level, but like for, a, I know I'm in the United offices right now, <laughs> so I can't say anything else, but on a good team that like is structured well and like Dean does a great job and you know, their defense is always so you know well formulated. Everybody is so tight in terms of their rotations. You know, you have Shea Illy fighting around screens. So, you know, what somebody looks like when they're excellent at fighting around screens. Like you know, that's a pro level, you know, NBA level defender at the very least in Shea Illy, right? So I think that having all of that around will absolutely help his translation to the NBA in terms of, you know, what it looks like next year. We'll see, like, you know, does a team try and stash him? Does a team give him a two way? Does a team, you know, this, that, and the other thing, right? There are a lot of different options, I'm sure for the folks over, I think he's right by Wasserman, but like, uh, there are going to be a lot of options on the table at the end of the day. And we'll see what it looks like. I'm sure he'll go to summer league and, you know, he'll have to make an impression in some way, shape or form. And he'll make an impression in pre-draft workouts. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, playing with so much talent. I think he's spoken about it a lot and you can see it on the court just with the, with the amount of lob dunks he gets from Delhi, you know, having an NBA point guard, someone that's yeah. won at the highest level. And then also having an Ian Clark there who's, who's done the same 
How much do you think that helps? I know he's spoken about it a lot, just learning and picking their brains constantly. Oh, immensely. Uh, I'm sure it'll help him immensely as he goes to translate. Just, you know, the way that he needs to, you know, Delhi's been there at the highest level, played in NBA championships, you know, things like that, right? Knowing even just like, okay, if I'm in drop, this is what my pick and roll partner needs in order, like for me backpedaling, he needs me to stay at this level or no, he needs me to stay two steps back at this level. Like just even the little small details of that, I think will immensely immeasurably help Ariel as he moves forward to that next level, trying to just figure out what his role is going to be. What you know, we know what the role is going to be, but like finding his role on the team and in the team concept specifically, is he going to be a third center immediately? Is he going to be in the G league playing on a two way deal? You know, tr- trying to find different you know, ways to go about it, but having that, uh, having that like professional mindset of somebody like Delhi. You know, all the guys like on the perimeter, Chris Golding's been around forever. He's played at exceptionally high levels. Shaley's been around. He's played at exceptionally high levels. He knows what he's supposed to do out there. Having mm. all those vets, I think, are just it's immensely valuable for both Ariel and Luke. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, you touch on Luke as well. But I know there are other guys on this team that, that you're a really big fan of. One <laughs> guy we've spoken about in the past is, is someone like Flynn Cameron and yeah. just his potential. Can you talk about some of the guys on this team that you're a big fan of? I mean, like, look, I, I love everything about this team, to be clear. Like, I love the way that... Right answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, look, you guys finished first in the NBL this year for a reason. I saw you guys play once with Blitz, and I was like, yeah, they're going to win. Like, I was like, yes, it's going to be them, and it's going to be Perth. And if you don't believe me, you can ask Olgan Ulick, because uh, <laughs> I said it's going to be them, and it's going to be Perth. I think they're the two best teams. I think Perth is unbelievably talented, but, like, you look at Melbourne's connectedness on defense already, you look at the way that they're able to uh, match up in different ways. You know, like Melbourne United never goes small, really, but like they could go small, like with Luke at the five, if you want to. Even, yeah, you've seen like that a couple up, of times this you know, year. Different ways that way. Like, you know, when you have all of the perimeter-based defensive guard talent, I think that United has, plus you have this, you know, jack of all trades and Luke who can fly around and guard, you know, maybe two through, you know, four and a half at this level, let's call it, you know, maybe can deal with most ones, but not all ones, maybe like one and a half through four and a half can't deal with the biggest fives. Can't deal with the quickest ones. Like I really, really think that having that versatility is key. And in terms of like the talent level, I love Flynn Cameron. <laughs> I think Flynn is uh, going to be an outstanding, outstanding player in the NBL. Really love the way that he is able to decelerate more than anything. I think the way that he slows down, he's not the most athletic dude in the world, but when you have the ability to shoot, which I think he has and will continue to grow within. And when you have the ability to attack off of that shot, play in ball screens and then decelerate and use your shoulders and use your body to be able to create that separation from your man and from defenders. I think it's just, he's going to be a really, really high level high-end starting caliber, like potential all NBL player in this league at some point. Uh, you know, Luke, I think, has a chance to play in the NBA at some point. He's just so versatile. He's so uh, capable of filling different roles on a team, right? Like, it's going to be the shot for Luke. Everybody knows that he needs to shoot, right? If he shoots at a real 39 40% level from the FIBA line, 36 to 38 from the NBA line, He's probably gonna have a good shot to play in the NBA Mm. because he's athletic, he defends, he can pass, he's very downhill, you know, he's going in transition, flying, and then he's able to attack closeouts in a real way. I love the way that Luke plays. 
honestly, like I love watching Shea Lee defend. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, I know that he's a, a defensive player of the year in the league or whatever. I'm not breaking news to anybody, but <laughs> just watching him navigate screens, watching his anticipation for how somebody's going to come up and screen him, and then he's able to get around it beforehand. Like he he wins before the action actually happens, in my opinion. You can see that he is there and he is so ready to anticipate what exactly they're going to do. And that's why he wins. I, I love watching Shaley defending Chris Golding is, you know, th there's such an immense value in having like an off ball wing in this league. I think it's really probably like the most undervalued asset in this league is having like a local that is like truly elite in terms of off ball movement and shooting. If you have one of those guys, it's just like such an, such a marginal difference maker, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been great to hear you break down this team and break down the league. We're going to go to a quick break and then we're going to find out a little bit more about you when we get to Fast Five with Balls. Want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United? Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio and articles about your favourite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast, and it's time for Fast Five with Balls. Ready? This is Fast Five with Balls. Been waiting for this the whole time. Now we're on to the, uh, the fun stuff. Yeah, they're hard hitting, so I hope you're ready. Same. Awesome to have you in here. Um, I just, obviously, the way you talk about the game, you're probably maybe the smartest guy we've had. <laughs> I don't wanted, we've had a lot of smart guys. We've had some smart guys, but maybe we're talking about like just all the terms you use. You're like, yeah, he's not lying about what he does. Yeah, he does this for a living for the, sure. The guy in the office next door is pretty good. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I'm just being nice. I, you're in here. I got to talk nice about you. Uh, okay, we've got five questions, not necessarily about the game, but we'll get to yeah. it. Uh, so you're an expat, I guess. You could. Are you an expat? Would you? I, well, I'm not a citizen here yet. I yeah, been able okay, to get so it yet. Not officially. I'm officially an expat. Well, I'm a citizen yeah. of both, but you're from America. You live here. Same with me. You're also an Essendon fan. Big I Bombers am. guy. How yeah. did you become an Essendon fan? My Just, wife. I also am, by the way. Yeah, my wife has uh, been an Essendon fan. She's been a member for, God, I mean, over 30 years at this yeah. point. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was an easy one for her to indoctrinate yeah. me into. And by the way, I've watched... 90% of Essendon's games since we've been together and we're really? coming up on 10 years, four years married in, and we're four years married now, but uh, we'll be together for 10 years in March. Rough watch. So that's probably, a lot of Essendon games. I do not watch many, but same thing. My wife. So when I first got here, I didn't know what footy was. <laughs> I went up to visit her house in Swan Hill, lovely Swan Hill, her family home. They had like photos down the hallway of just players like a locker room <laughs> like that's amazing players heads and team photos <laughs> of Essen. they're huge Essendon fans and uh so I, ever since then i've had to say i'm an Essendon fan it's been slim pickings though it's been rough mm. 20 2003 when did they win it when i'm sorry when did we win the uh, two, do you know 2000 2000 yeah it's been a while yeah so even before i was out here it's funny like when you started watching i don't know if you felt this way but i was like man we could like get some basketball players like to play this game, like get them to be rocks, get them to be forwards. It was no, they when, steal all the basketball players out here. Yeah. It was when like uh, Patrick Young, the kid at Florida, like that big, like enormous, oh, like jacked dude. Huge. Yeah. I was like, man, like get that kid over here be like a ruckman. Like he'd he could be amazing. He couldn't run a whole game. I don't know, man. He was, he was a freak kick. show. Athlete. Yeah. But the problem is you don't grow up kicking in America. If you grow up, 
the look. Th- this the is what I short guys do. The <laughs> kickers over here, it's like they can kick a ball just like you would pass back home. This is absolutely what I've learned. Uh, I like literally have talked to like a few like uh, AFL like scouts and everything, and they're like, yeah, like th- you just can't replace like naturally yeah, growing yeah, up kicking a football. Yeah, it's just so foreign. <laughs> um, it's a good game. Uh, I'm not going to go on my opinions because people don't want to hear my. We've tried it before, and it's not the most popular thing. But of the Essen players since you've been out here, which one would you like to get into the draft? Like the as the most upside in a draft? Do you think since I've been here? Oh, probably and, a tough question. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, could you get Zach Merritt as like a point guard or something? Like yeah, he's I got mean, the vision, right? You just mm. think of like, he started playing basketball when he's young instead of footy. Yeah. Like which would a guy would have like a, the most, might be a little too NBA short, I guess. Like, now I'm thinking about it. I don't know how, how tall Zach Merritt is. He's like, I five, don't know who Zach Merritt is. Five ten, five eleven. He's one of my favorite players. Big Bombers fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there've been basketballers that have come through Essendon. I just don't yeah. know any of them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you'd probably take tallest guy, tallest, most athletic guy, yeah. and have him play basketball instead of footy since he was growing up. Yeah, like Joe Danaher probably would have been pretty good. Yeah, I think a mighty Brisbane Lion. Is oh, he? A, he's a lion. Yeah, he he's a lion now. now. Oh, he, he's a lion now. He's been a lion for like four years. Yeah, Essendon screwed that up pretty badly. Yeah, yeah I know. I do know that name. Okay, moving on. That was that was footy talk with balls. Everybody <laughs> loves that. Uh, okay, three foods you miss from the states. So from Pittsburgh, can we get Pittsburgh specifically? It's a great question because that was it. <laughs> part of the reason that I came down here is you know it's three thirty whatever. USA Food Store is down the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. I know USA Food. My kids drag me that all the time. I'm absolutely going to go down there and <laughs> see what they have. I've bought uh, pumpkin spice from there before. Yeah, because I'm one of those people with coffee. Uh, that's sacrilege here. I understand that, but <laughs> it's not big here. Not big here. Um, I would say, I know that there's like a Taco Bell in the city. Yeah, somewhere. it's not the same. It's they're not. Start, the same. They're, they're starting to spread out a little bit. There's one it's out. Not, there's one out in, near me now. Yeah, but it's not the same as the American one. Yeah, it's close. It's it's not. No, it's not the same. <laughs> um, so Taco Bell would be up there. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of like general foods. So my wife and I lived in L.A. for you know seven or eight years or whatever. Mexican food, like across yeah, the board. Like yeah. we found like Echo in Mexico. It's not bad. Like yeah. you can do it. Like if you really like crave Mexican food, mm-hmm. but I would say Mexican food and Primanis if we want to go Pittsburgh. Uh, what are they? Primanis are these sandwiches where it's, you know, whatever your meat is. And then they put French fries and they'll put coleslaw on it. Mm, and awesome. it's like a super Pittsburgh thing yeah. for sure. Yeah. I've never had one of those. I'm from Indiana. So it's like cornbread chili uh fish sticks that's the only fish we get in, in indiana um yeah good answer uh so about usa foods you you like sugary cereals because they got all those but be prepared to pay you, you like grape nuts you know no, grape nuts i know I grape, nuts, grape nuts but i've never eaten grape nuts yeah it's never my thing Three cinnamon toast day. crunch grape nuts their cost and it's probably going to ruin our sponsorship with them it's like 20 dollars <laughs> for one box of grape nuts it's, i love it it's still not worth it yeah, uh, I will go get Pop Tarts. Pop Tarts, yeah. Captain yeah. Crunch. I go. I got. I got all the good stuff. Uh, okay, <laughs> this is a tough question. This is gonna put you on the spot. Love it. <laughs> this is in jest, of course. We love America, but three ways Australia is better than America. So, like, I had a NBA, you know, GM friend come down here, right, and we were like walking across the city and he was like, yeah, like, you know, I probably couldn't do this like in the United States necessarily yeah. when it's yeah. 11 o'clock at night or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. we are just coming back from dinner or getting a drink or whatever. 
Um, so like that, that's one, like just the general safety of mm. walking around here. Um, number two, the, so like I've lived kind of everywhere. Like I did, you know, four years in Columbus, 19 years in Pittsburgh, eight years in LA. Like I've kind of, you know, lived four months in Denver. Like I've, you know, kind of been in a lot of different environments, right? I would say that this environment in terms of just like the laid back atmosphere of Melbourne, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak for the rest of Australia mm. necessarily having not spent like a crazy amount of time in other places, but Melbourne particularly, I think is really special in terms of the laid back atmosphere, the vibe. I, I think that like, it's just truly, uh, you, you can't really find anything like it kind of, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, and then the third thing, it's better, uh, bread, I would say is Bread's better here. Bad. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. 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 Like it actually well, goes off here, which <laughs> means it's fresh. <laughs> oh, it goes off. I gotcha. Yeah. 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 Like it, it will actually like grow mold and things. Whereas <laughs> in the United States, like you can keep a loaf of bread for you know a long time, a longer yeah. period of time. <laughs> Eventually it will, you know, get moldy, but uh, food, I think food here in general tends to be a little bit fresher. Uh, okay. So you're, you have your own podcast, Game Theory, which is hugely successful. Athletics, the, the bio says one of the top on iTunes. Is that right? Uh, it's in the top 20, yeah, I'd say, 20. basketball podcasts. There's a lot the of world, podcasts on something iTunes. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not in the top 20. Well, Ben and I are trying to climb. <laughs> we're trying to climb the podcast ladder. Yeah. All right, we're trying to, we'll do anything. I mean, we'll make fools of ourselves with anything. Love for it. What What can we do? you have any tips for us in the podcast realm? What can we do to, to get our... Uh, uh, we get. We just need our numbers up. We need Vi numbers up. Video. You just got to go out. And it's do, on video. Do like no, but like oh, go man out on and the like, street type. Yeah, stuff? do do man Pranks. on the street type of stuff. <laughs> uh, do ha have like Ben try and like hit hook shots. Yeah, and like all sort of like you know wild like things on a basketball court. Yeah. I mean, you, you're it's too easy for you, but like yeah, too easy. Yeah, you know, yeah. just to have Ben do funny things. So I'm willing to. I'll step over Ben for my own thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You could. I'll do anything. You know. So you could have. Uh, you could do a one year bet where like the pardon my take guys. The one guy right now is um he's probably like six foot tall and he's, uh, no. So Hank, BFT? their producer. Hey, oh, Hank, he's going to yeah. shave his head. No, he's going to try and dunk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Saw that too. yeah, uh, yeah. And I think it's going to be, there's no way he's going to be. Yeah, I don't think there's any way. He's going to so be like seven or eight inches. That's it. That's right. How yeah. close are you to Duncan? Uh, that's actually, a great one. Well, what a, what a tip. That well, is awesome. Actually, How close are you to Duncan? I actually played last night and tried to dunk and yeah. threw my back out. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is perfect. But you're close. Like you, you can touch the rim, right? Oh yeah. Like I got the, I got the ball like up on the rim and then just like hammered it against the backboard. Maybe you're, the challenge has got to be a two hand dunk then because yeah. you're too close right now. How tall are you? Uh, five eleven. Yeah, so he's, yeah. Man, he's athletic. athletic. Yeah, he's yeah. an athlete. Yeah, no, just long arms. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that is a good. That's a great one. But yeah, also, let's start filming. It. Let's the, start our journey. The thing you forget. I'll be your trainer. Which is we have the most niche podcast that like it's not like it's not like oh i want to listen uh i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to game theory and you know hear a bit about the nba and the draft and everything that's going on no i'm gonna listen to the extra pass and just hear no, about melbourne united we love our fans we, we love do. our we, we have love very, how niche this is I, at the game the coolest part is when the, 
people at the games actually come up to you and say, I listen yeah. to the podcast. Because we do this and kind of, I kind of forget people or anyone's listening. It's just kind of fun <laughs> to do and sit and talk. It is nice. We do have very passionate fans. Yeah, But, yeah, but you know great. what, though? Because they're more passionate, they're going to be all in on the journey of Ben getting to where he <laughs> can right. dunk. Maybe we could get like donations, like start a GoFundMe or something. Well, that'll all just be money in my brother's pocket because he's my osteo. So <laughs> he'll just be he'll just be working on my get back the whole time. Shoes. That, that's actually that's, I don't like that idea. Yeah. Okay, I'm sneaking this one in. I can't not ask you this with a you're a draft guy. So my senior year of college wasn't very good. Junior year is pretty good. All sure. Big Ten stuff like that. Senior year not good. Didn't have any chance of making the. Uh, I wasn't even in the draft. What year did you win the well, title? I mean, well. We won it in 2000. Yeah. 2003. What year were you? I was a freshman. Okay. Played, played about 10 minutes. No, no big deal. Played about 10 minutes on the best team in the country, but, um, <laughs> seems like a big deal. <laughs> Not a big uh, deal. My, so my, the year that I would have was eligible for the draft was also LeBron's year. And I think he bumped sure. me out. You know, if he would <laughs> probably right. He bumped me out. I would have been the last yeah. pick and then just uh, this just missed. Okay. So when I came out here, had, I mean, I was uh, good stats, like a good, but the game has changed. So back then I would have had a better chance, still very fringe, but fringe, like as in a chance of making it. But so you, what, you were like six, eight shooter, kind six, of nine, deal? well, six, nine with shoes six, on. Nine with so shoes I'm on. six, nine, yeah. it, but the NBA does shoes on, right? Not anymore. Well, back then yeah. they did. So I'm six foot there nine, you go. six foot nine <laughs> shooter. Yeah. I can rebound, uh, durable. So durable. But like, so but around 27 or 28, I know I was older then, but I was like 50, 40, 90. Sure. Like easy. I led the league a couple of years in three point percentage. Uh, like 15 points a game. Like No, like 20 some a game. Oh, so well, you, they were, they were, they were 48 minute games. Yep. 48 minute games. Okay. But like 20. So, so like, so like a Josh Bannon, like upside. Oh, yeah. But deal. better, like way yeah. better. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going, I was an import. So I was like 22 a game, like yeah, 10 yeah. rebounds. Yeah, uh, Ga Gary Clark-esque. Let's <laughs> say that. Okay. Okay. Block shots. Yeah, uh, but a much worse athlete. <laughs> well, that, that's my downside. I haven't got to the downside yet. Yeah. I know what you're thinking now. Lottery pick, but <laughs> I can't. My my vertical was always the lowest at Michigan State. We yeah. always measured it. Always the lowest off two feet. I couldn't jump. Always the lowest on the team. Um, what's what's the other downside? <laughs> so athletic, you know, not great. My vertical wasn't great. Stats wouldn't have been great, but. Uh, where would you have had me on your draft board at that are, time? Are we talking about a 27 or are we yeah. talking a 22? If we're, if we're 27, I think you would need David Kahn yeah, to yeah, get I, you drafted. Old, even for takes, now, that's, yeah. that's too old. Well, I don't know. How do we do this? Okay, I'm 22, but I got my year 27 stats. You probably would have gotten drafted if you were 22 Definitely. and you would have averaged 22 in the Australian League. Well, really, you're sort of, you're basically, You'd have gone putting, in the first up, round. You're basically putting up Brad Newley numbers when he was out here. And then he got drafted. In, he got drafted. And then the Knicks have his. Yeah, they, <laughs> they still have his they rights. They traded his rights a couple of years ago. So I was like top. He, he I was, was drafted top, like 56. Wait, wait, let me. I was in the top 10 of eight of the 10 positive categories statistically. Balls, your time has passed. I'm just saying, <laughs> this is my only chance. I, I, I probably would have been drafted. Look, like like Alex Tui like, could get drafted this year. Like, yeah, yeah, all on potential. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like. So if you, if definitely you were first rounder. Just yeah. telling me he would have gotten drafted. So first round up. for sure. Uh, if if we're talking like twenty two and ten, like in the Australian, like in a pro league, yes, you would have been drafted. Like you would have gone in the first oh, yeah. round. Congrats, man. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I can't wait to tell my kids. <laughs> I did play in the NBA. <laughs> I'm gonna need your number. To get All right, that was a selfish one. Um, okay, now we're on to the most famous question. 
Um, everybody loves this one, except for some people in the office that tell me not to ask this. What was your first CD? You're of age. First, first CD. CD. Yeah. Uh, first CD. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No, no, no. Uh, well, like when I was young, like yeah. probably like nine or 10. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. First CD. There's a good chance it was Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it's either like, I had like a weird mix. Like I would listen to like Backstreet Boys. Yeah, but you're also nine and 10 years old. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and then I would also, my parents would like, my mom particularly would listen to like hard rock, like hardish rock, mm. like stuff like that. So like Matchbox 20 oh, would be in. Just saw, we there. both wow. just saw Matchbox 20 live. They yeah. were both just out that Matchbox 20 and Goo Goo, Goo, Goo Dolls. Dolls on yeah. tour out in Australia. I had the Goo Goo Dolls album yeah. for sure. Um, I had. I mean, I Creed CDs. Oh, I, I got to be real. This about is it. not a lie. We can go out to the van right now. I have a Creed CD <laughs> in the CD player right now. <laughs> we can check that afterwards. Get that on the video. Bring the van out. Human clay, banger after banger on that thing. Balls just out here <laughs> rocking to Creed. Yeah. That is how you guys get we're the CD audience guys. up. Yeah, yeah, we're CD guys. Get Creed on here. No one, like, first, if we put that out on social media, so many people <laughs> will be like, what's a Creed? CD? <laughs> the rest are just like, I know higher and that's it. Well, I mean, that's on the that's on the album. What If is the best Creed song. Oh, uh, okay, man. so we'll move on from CDs because you're, you're a movie guy. I am studied movie movies guy. for a I whole did. year of school. It's now really this, three years, to be honest, because my master's was in it too. Yeah. So how many did you watch? I mean, oh, your movie buff, are you watching Adam, a lot? Like how many a week? Adam, I watched, uh, I, mean, I can probably look at the number, but I think I watched like 120, wow. 20, 23 releases, like wow. something like that. Like a crazy. So all 2023 releases. So all yeah. wowza. My wife and I watch a lot of movies that's and cool. I watch a lot of them like on my own. Yeah, I'm, that's cool. But, and how much of a. Don't you like, so you're into NBA, obviously you write about it constantly. Do you write about movies? Like, are you, I mean, like, do you have a poll there to like be, I got to get my opinions out on this too. Like I'll, I'll like, I have a letterbox account and like, yeah. I'll write down like a couple thoughts on movies. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. it's like more for me than yeah. anything. And mm -hmm. then like, I read a lot of books. So like, I'll like, I have a literal Excel document of like the books I've read nice. just to like keep track basically. Um, and like, I'll give like a quick little grade on there, like mm -hmm. to make me jog my memory. Like, did I like it or did I not like it? You know, cause you forget things within, you know, four years or two years of them happening. So I like to have the, I like to have the, uh, record of it, I guess. Nice. You got to come back for just a movie podcast. I'm always trying to get spinoff podcasts. With <laughs> oh, too, I'm in. Oh my goodness. All right. That's it. That's, that's it. That's Cue the, the music. Cue the end. That's music. Five questions from balls. <laughs> yeah, turned yeah, into yeah, 25. Yeah. Fast five. Fast five. Fast five plus yeah. two, I think. <laughs> At least. Well, Sam, thanks so much for coming on. It's been great to hear your insight on the league, find out a bit more about you. For fans who, you know, were excited to hear from you, where can they listen to your stuff, read your stuff? Yeah, go to the Game Theory Podcast if you search it on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever. You'll find it, I'm sure. Uh Follow me on Twitter, Sam underscore Vicini. That's going to be the easiest way probably to find all of this work. A lot of Essendon Bombers yeah. hot takes on there. I've tried to reduce it, man. I get too annoyed and frustrated <laughs> with it. Like just the blanket mismanagement frustrates me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and the athletic, obviously I should plug. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where a majority of my draft work goes up. So that's where you'll be able to find it. Awesome. This is fun. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of The Extra Pass.